SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Greg. It's five minutes after six o'clock. Hilton Tarrant with you on this uh, Workers' Day Wednesday. As we take your share and investment, as well as personal finance questions for our panel of guests, Magnus Haystack of Brenthurst Wealth, Wayne McCurry of Momentum Wealth, the ways to get hold of us, 011-684-2770. Alternatively, SMS 34701 using the keyword market. We'll pick up your questions or comments there. Alternatively, Hilton at moneyweb.co today. You can pop me an email and uh, we'll get to your questions uh, before half past six this evening. First up, uh, the business news. Gold holdings in exchange-traded products plunged 174 metric tons last month, the biggest drop ever as prices entered the bear market and wiped $17.9 billion from the value of the funds. Holdings in the exchange-traded products slumped 7% in April to 2,275,000 tons. That's the lowest since October 2011 according to data compiled by Bloomberg. The value of the assets dropped to $108 billion. Investors pulled $10 billion from gold funds in the first quarter, the most since at least 2000 when the data began. While prices have rebounded since touching a two-year low on April the 16th, they fell 7.7% last month, the biggest loss since December of 2011. The shareholders and creditors of pay television operator on digital media, which owns Top TV, have approved a business rescue plan that involves an offer by China's Start Times to purchase a 20% direct stake. The required majority of creditors and shareholders voted in favor of the plan during a meeting convened by Top TV yesterday. This move means two separate submissions of interest, one by a consortium led by black-owned media group MSG Africa and the other by Kenya's uh, pay TV operator Wanachi Group, have been rejected in favor of the Chinese-led proposal. And China's monthly index of manufacturing activity fell in April, a report said on Wednesday. The Purchasing Managers Index for the manufacturing sector fell to 50.6 down to 50.9 in March. The 50% mark denotes the divide between expansion and contraction. The index has remained above 50 since October, which the government said earlier was a sign that it had arrested a slowdown in growth in the world's second largest economy. Well, turning to the markets, JSC obviously closed for trading today uh, on this public holiday. The FTSE in London up a third of 1%, 6,451 points. The U.S. markets lower. Uh, the Dow is down 0.4%. The S&P 500 down about half a percent at 15.91. The Rand at 9.02 to the dollar, 14.02 to the pound, 11.90 against the euro. Gold at $1,441 an ounce. Platinum $1,462 an ounce. And a barrel of rent is at $103. We are taking your questions on 011 or on the SMS line 34701 with the keyword market. Let's start uh, with uh, Magnus Hestek uh, first. Uh, Magnus, we've spoken about biotech. This was a, a sector that uh, we spoke about towards the end of last year um, as a sector which you were interested in as, as a hot sector. Is it still as, as hot as it as it was? Yes, good afternoon. You know, like like anybody who collects things or rides motorbikes, you've got your favorites. Mm. Uh, and, and when it comes to investments over the last 18 months, I came across the biotechnology sector. In fact, it was the investment guru, John Malden, who alerted me to this fact because I cornered him at a Momentum conference uh, in, in, in September two years ago. And I said, John... Where are you putting some of your money? And he just said one word, he said biotech. And for five minutes he explained to me what's happening in that sector, the, the technological advances. We don't have a, tech, a biotech sector in South Africa, mm. so you had to go abroad. I came across the, there were a couple of them, uh, JP Morgan had some funds, Fidelity's got some funds, 
and I, and I decided on the Franklin Templeton Biotechnology Fund, and I put some of my own money in and some of my clients' money in. The RAND was very favorable at that time, 6 Rand 80, 6 Rand 90, and that fund in RAND terms has doubled in two years. As it so happens, the, right now we've got the Milken Conference in Los Angeles taking place, and biotech was one of the topics and the consensus from the stuff that I've been reading is that biotech is, is set to continue to outperform. There's some fantastic uh, technological advances. A lot of pharmaceutical companies are coming to the market with new products, and there's some you know, cutting-edge technology in terms of, of cell stem research and, and regeneration that is actually mind-blowing. So I've been spending a lot of time, and I tell people, take a bit of your money, that, that is an alternative asset class. It's done exceedingly well. The average return over the last 10 years in RAND terms has been 14%. The last three years, 31%. And then over the last 12 months, you've made 60% on your money. And it's a surprisingly very big sector. It's, it's, a, it's, a two, I mean, it's a very large sector. But to get into that sector, you've got to take your money and put it across into a fund offshore on a momentum platform or an investing platform where you've got a range of funds playing in that sector. In terms of accessing these funds, uh, you've just uh, said you need to obviously take it offshore and you would need to use one of those platforms. Minimum investment, is that still is that bar pretty high? It's about uh, $5,000 for most cases. There is a bit of paperwork, and I do not rec- recommend it for speculative purposes. If you need the money at short notice, it's going to take at least two to three weeks to get your money back to South Africa. Um, so it's not something that you're going to play around. You have to decide for yourself. It's a three- to five-year investment, and leave it there. And the stuff that I've been reading, I'm very, very excited. In fact, I recently increased my holdings in that sector, and I can see the what it's doing to my portfolio. I fortunately got out of gold shares about three months ago, and I bought more biotechnology. When are you sitting like Magnus with books on biotechnology swatting <coughs> into, the, into the early hours of the morning? No, look, I mean, this is still a relatively new trend. But, I mean, understand, um, if, uh, if things progress as per normal in four, five, six years' time, you know, everyone will be in the sector, everyone will be opening up, everyone will be listing in the sector. So, you know, I think, I still think it is, it is early. You can get in, and these, normally these uh, trends go on for a very, very long time. But if you double your money and double your money, if you're lucky enough and double it again, just remember to sell. Because this is one of these uh, trends, you know, one, and, and, yeah. and, and it's wonderful if you get in at, at the right time. But if it really does phenomenally well, it's probably going to attract a lot more people into it, and the valuations might become a bit steamy. So just keep your eyes on it. But it's very early days still. Let's go to our first uh, caller this evening uh, on 11 David uh, in Luchtenberg, regular caller. Good evening. Thank you. Good evening. I've got a question of about two shares. One is Alert Steel. All it's doing is drifting downwards. And the other one is... One second. The other one is uh, East Flat. They've just drifted right down. I'll listen on the radio. 
Thanks a lot, David. Uh, we are taking your questions, 11-684-2770, or on the SMS line, 34701. Use the keyword market. Send us an SMS. It will cost you two bucks, and uh, we will be able to answer your question here on the market update this evening. You can also email me, hilton at moneyweb.co.za, uh, or even reach us on Twitter, at Hilton Tarrant, and uh, we'll get your questions there. Wayne, uh, any thoughts on, on either of those, Alert Steel and East Flats? Yeah, okay. Let's t- talk about Alert Steel. Alert Steel was one of the ones that listed in the boom. Okay, and the share price has gone from I think 60 rand to one rand, and uh, to me that's not drifting down. To me that's a bit of a collapse actually. It's very very difficult in this market to make money out of trading steel. It's very difficult to make money even out of manufacturing steel, as we've seen from uh, Arcelor and from Highfelt. Man, I I would not. Uh, I don't know what you do if you own the share. To be totally honest, I just don't know what you do if you own the share. But I would not be going in and, and buying and buying the share. Look, they they in the latest trading statement they did say that the loss per share is less, mm. but it's still a loss per share, mm. even though it's decreased significantly. Um, no, I I would steer clear here. Yeah, but as I said, quite frankly, I don't know what to do if you own the share. You've taken such a hiding already. I don't know. Maybe you hang on. Maybe it can, you know, it can double. I mean, easy. You can go up three times, you know, from one rand to three rand. But this is not a sector that you actually want to go in. I, I really, honestly don't don't think so. This is one that I've been following uh, relatively closely in the past six months. Uh, the boardroom battle for control of this company has been nothing short of astonishing. Uh, there's a new uh, a new group of majority shareholders involved in this. Uh, the former chief executive was let go and now he's been rehired as the as a finance director it's it's a very astonishing story but uh, obviously uh, someone someone thinks there's value in this the company had hit a wall as far as its its lines of credit uh, were concerned with uh, Nedbank i think it was mm, correct yeah. hit the wall um, and this this new majority shareholder managed to buy uh, that debt from, from Nedbank, install himself and his family, I think, as, as new majority shareholders, and has been hard at work, no doubt, at, at getting this business right. It's one of those stories that you probably couldn't make up if you tried, Magnus. That's quite correct. That's, that's about what I remember of, of, the, of the companies. It's, it's, a, it's a casino kind of stock. It could double. It can go bankrupt. It's not something for, the, you know, for a good, solid portfolio. East Platts, I mean, Wayne hasn't co- commented. Like all the platinum shares, they've been slaughtered. There's a share that was, uh, I see on, on Monday it went up hmm. about 10%, but, you know, you've lost a substantial amount of money. Yeah. And I think a lot of, uh, it's just a general comment, and I speak to a lot of investors, sometimes their egos get involved. They buy a share at, say, 100 rand, and then the bad news comes. And the way they interpret that bad news it's quite astounding sometimes. And it goes to 80, then it goes to 70, and then it goes to 60. And they simply cannot acknowledge that they got it wrong or that their interpretation was incorrect. And they hang on for dear life hoping for a recovery. And uh, that is, that's, that's a common trait with bad investors. They refuse to say, I was wrong, get out of it. Yeah, cut your losses. Cut your losses. Get something yeah. else that's going up. And there's a classical example. It's just been going down for three Forever, to four yeah. years now. I mean, Eastern Platts was one of the, I mean, three, four, five years ago, every person and their dog listed a platinum company mm. because it was the hottest thing. And it wasn't even necessarily a company. It was yeah. a piece of land, piece of land with, with some mining rights yeah. and, and a pipe dream. And 
I mean, the margins were so massive on platinum. There, were, there just seemed to be endless demand. The price was only ever, ever going to carry on going up. You know, so, so I mean, Eastern Platts has gone from 13 Rand down to 80 cents. They've just closed their Sanfontaine operation. They've just uh, suspended a couple of other things. At least, sorry, they've closed the Crocodile River. They've suspended their Sanfontaine operation. Personally, I don't think you sell now. I think platinum shares are probably the worst they're ever going to be in, you know, for a good many years to come. You hang on. But understand, all of these startup operations, whatever their business plan was five years ago and how much profit they were going to make five years ago, it doesn't even matter anymore what that business plan is. I, I don't think there's a platinum company in South Africa making money, let alone a startup uh, a venture, you know, a new venture. I, I don't like exploration stroke, stroke startup mining company because it's, it often takes a lot more and a lot longer and costs a lot more to get the stuff out of the ground than what people anticipate. We saw that with Coal of Africa yeah. five years ago. It was trading at 36 Rand. I mean, it's now down to 160. I mean, mm. you've lost 99% of your money. And if, it's just an amazing story. Every, every three months, every six months, uh, there's another announcement and cutbacks and this is cancelled and I see John Wallington has now left the company. Mm. It's a, I agree with uh, Wayne. Uh, exploration Stop companies, you just, you, just, you just don't get involved in that. We're taking your questions on the market update. Any share investment or personal finance questions you might have, 11 684 That's 684 on Johannesburg. 34701 with the keyword market. Uh, you can send us SMSs, 34701 with the keyword market. Uh, we'll get to uh, one of those after this quick break. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. 19 minutes after 6, a question in from Jabulo. There is a slowing economy in South Africa with consumers under pressure. When will be the right time to buy Tiger Brands? We'll hold that question. Uh, we've got a caller on the line, Mrs. Van der Merwe and Secunda. Go ahead. Uh, I'd like to know about coronation. It's climbing now, and I wonder if I must, uh, we must change it for something else now. That it's reached its peak. Are you talking about the share itself? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Van good evening. Coronation has had a phenomenal run based, yes. you know, uh, two reasons mainly. I mean, it's an asset management company. If the market runs, the fees that they generate and their performance fees rise, you know, exponentially. And they've had a fantastic run. Whether it's at the peak, I spoke to Louis Stassen about three months ago when the share price hit 40. I asked him the same question, Louis, is this a peak? And he just smiled. And now it's at 50 Rand or 52, mm. and it keeps on going up. And as long as the market is buoyant, you know, the, the, the share price won't come down. I, I still think it offers some nice value. Maybe Way will know he knows the asset management business better than I, but that's the way I read it. Yeah. Look, if you look at, if you look at Coronation, I mean, Coronation, Investec, and Alan Gray have been the most successful asset managers in the country, you know, um, for many, for a long, long time. Mm. So you would think that, you know, coronation will go through good times, it will go through bad times as far as performance is concerned. And understand, the company really makes the money from performance fees when they do better than their benchmark and all of that. So that will come and go. Their last set of results were phenomenal. I mean, make no mistake, the last set of results were, were just phenomenal. But 
This is almost a 30 price earnings ratio, which means it's a very expensive share. So there's a lot of good news already built into the price. In my view, a 30p is too high. Asset management's a difficult industry. You have one good year, you think you're the king, the next year you're the dog. So you, there's no guarantee that from year to year you're going to get good performance, although the good companies over time give you good performance. But I still think it's a little bit expensive. But that's just my personal view. Um, you know, 30 PE is it's steamy. It's, it's, not, you know, it's, it's not cheap. Let me ask you a question, quick one, Wayne. If Alan Gray had to list, what kind of a market cap would that have? I don't know what market cap they would have because I don't know what their earnings are. I mean, I can, I can imagine they've got a hundred billion earning, a hundred billion assets or something like that. Mm-hmm. Make it two hundred. Two hundred billion assets. Uh, then the two hundred billion assets are probably making two, two and a half. Call it two billion before tax from that. Take off tax one point seven billion. So they're probably listed about twenty billion. Makes Alan Gray one of the richest men in the country. Yeah, mm-hmm. they probably list at that price. But of course, they could have probably listed at twice that price a couple of years ago before their performance started to fall. Correct. You know, mm-hmm. so it goes through cycles. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. a cyclical business. It does indeed, but it is a substantial story. That's substantial Bearing in mind that it only came to the retail space in 1998. Mm-hmm. So Coronation, Alan Gray, both of them. Very, yeah. very, very in- interesting stories. Uh, let's get to Njabulu's question uh, regarding Tiger Brands. When will be the right time to buy Tiger Brands? It's an interesting question because it seems as if he's made up his mind already that he wants to own the share as opposed to something else in the market uh, which no doubt could offer good better value well look uh, Tiger Brands I mean we all know the company a lot of the value of the company is attached to their to their trademarks and and, 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 their, and their names and their mm. uh, uh, consumer uh, uh, goods and that but it's a difficult industry the, farm, the, 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 the farming industry or, or, or the food industry mm. if you like to call it that now Tiger's is a wonderful company and it's got a, a very very good track record and they've been very good over the years in managing their business the price has fallen um, quite significantly recently. You know, it's gone from 335 rand to 280 rand, and maybe more importantly, the price earnings ratio has fallen down to about 16, whereas at the peak there it was getting towards 19. I think you can buy Tigers at 16. It could go lower. I mean, who knows? It could fall another five, six, seven percent. But at least at a 16 price earnings ratio, you're not paying completely over the top for it. I mean, maybe you're paying you more than the market, though. You're paying more than the market, but this is a quality share. Make, make, make no mistake about it. This is a quality share. You know, maybe you wait another month or two or three, and the share price might fall a little bit. But I certainly feel more comfortable buying Tigers at 16 PE than 19 PE, where it was. Not and you, don't, you, you also don't have to enter at, at a single time. At you can, point you can time, phase you could, it. You could phase in your investments. Yeah. But, I mean, I think if you buy at this price, you'll, you won't be disappointed in three or five years' time. You, other shares will obviously do better, but I think you can buy with reasonable confidence at this level. It's a nice defensive stock, and, uh, of course, they recently bought Mrs. Ball's chutney from yes. Unilever, which... Uh, the way I buy chutney, you should support, <laughs> support the share price. But the chutney thing was quite, was quite interesting. Unilever didn't do enough marketing on it, and it's such a household name, but yet their market share has been taken up by, of all things, sweet chili sauce. People are love mm. buying a lot more sweet chili <laughs> sauce than, sauces. Than, uh, than, than chutney anymore. Let's go to our next uh, caller uh, on the market update this evening, Val and Santon. Good evening. 
Good evening. Uh, you were talking about biotech shares mm. with a time frame of approximately three to five years. Do you think it's worth getting into those shares? I've got a two-year time frame when I've got to convert to income producing. Would it be worth my while at this stage to go in? Thanks a lot for that, Val. Magnus? Uh, two years is a bit on the short side for me personally. I mean, it's had a phenomenal run. Could have a correction at any time. And then, you know, you're stuck with uh, having to convert your capital to income. As a golden rule, I would say not less than three years. Two years is, is a bit risky in my book. I like the sector, and I think it's, it's going to keep on doing well. But as an, from an advice perspective, two years is too short. Mm. I'd look for something far more, far more defensive. 011 It's all time to take one or two more questions. Also, SMS line 34701, use the keyword market. We'll get uh, those questions coming through to us. Gentlemen, your views on Grand Parade Investments. It's not really a company that, that, that I follow too well. Look, what's happened in, in the... In the, in, in, in the gambling industries that everyone thought that this was immune to recessions and it was just literally a license to print money. It's actually not the case. I mean, they have been affected just the same as, as any other, uh, a, a, a company has during, during the economic slowdown. Now, if we actually look at the share, I mean, they, these, these aren't bad shares to hold per, per se. You know, I mean, it's not as though you're taking a massive, excuse the pun, massive gamble on it. I mean, <laughs> Grand Parade has done well. It's fairly illiquid, so you'll find not many institutions will actually will actually look 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 at it. So there's there's not that much research done on the share. But you know, I, I suppose I suppose 12 PE, 13 PE is not a bad rating for these shares. You know, the last the last trading statement, if I remember correctly, wasn't too bad on it. Uh, they had some accounting issues because of various uh, transactions with Sun International. And, you know, I get so sick of all these accounting adjustments in earnings per share. But as far as I recall, the actual earnings underlying mm. business wasn't bad. So, yeah, I would think you, you can. What you're essentially buying here is a company run by Hassan Adams, uh, which has the empowerment stake in the Grand West Casino. Yes. So you're buying exposure to gambling in the, in the Cape Metropole. Uh, you're buying exposure to the limited payout slot machines that you'll find in uh, some pubs in, in the Western Cape, and you're buying exposure into Burger King, because this is, of course, the company that's now diversified into bringing Burger King into the country. Uh, interesting one, but, uh, yeah, when, as you well, say, illiquid. illiquid. This is very illiquid. I just want to come back to the previous value, ask the questions. You said the following. I want to invest for two years. And then I want to convert to income. Mm. There's a very interesting article uh, came out to the RECM website about two days ago, written by Willem Hatzoff, one of their fund managers, who said there's no difference between capital gains and income. And he says investors have got these two things in their minds. It's like in two compartments. I've got capital gains on one side, and I've got income on the other side. I say, he says they're exactly the same. And he says people need to change their mindset, especially in these days of compressed yields, to think in terms of capital gains and, and income. And it's quite an interesting debate. Maybe you should get him on the program. To ex- and, uh, mm. It was very stimulating, very well r- r- written, and investors can kind of have a look at it. He says one and the same thing. Why not use your capital gains as a source of income, which has got a bit more risk to it, but he says you can do it. No, you can. I mean, I actually agree with that totally, with one little caveat to it, is that unrealized capital losses, if you leave the money in the market, you've got a chance of making that back. But if you need the cash today, you have no object, 
but you have no alternative but to sell. So just make sure that your your money requirements or your, your income requirements aren't more than maybe, I don't know, the number 10, 15% of your total value or 8% of your total value per year. Because then even if the market's in a slump, you know, it has a chance to recover. But if you convert too much of your money into an income-producing asset, pure income-producing asset, essentially you go backwards within, after inflation. I think it's a good article. And I think, you know, a lot of people who draw down on living annuities are using exactly that principle. They're drawing down on their capital. And it has to be systematic and it has to be a bit more yeah. scientific. Well, that uh, brings us pretty much to the end of this evening's program. Still